welcome to the Masters in Psychology podcast, where psychology students can learn from psychologists, educators, and practitioners to better understand what they do, how they got there, and hear the advice they have for those interested in getting a graduate degree in psychology. I'm your host, Brad Schumacher, and today we welcome Dr. Dan Moore to the show. Dr. Moore received his doctorate from Ball State University and has been a licensed psychologist in Mississippi since 1995. He has experience in counseling and clinical psychology and is interested in neurodevelopment to help resolve issues in autism, learning disorders, and brain injury. Today, we will learn more about his academic and professional journey and discuss his experiences as a psychologist in the armed forces, as well as his private practice, Your Family Clinic, which focuses on holistic psychology. Dan, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, I'm glad that uh, you're taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk with us. Uh, I usually start by asking just a generic question. I know you started your uh, undergraduate degree at the University of Arizona, but what literally started you down the path of psychology? Well, I was in pre-med, and then for some reason, my brain just did not get calculus. No matter what I did, it just could not get calculus, so I decided I needed to do something else. So I decided to, to go into... Well, I, I asked myself what was my favorite classes that I was taking, and the answer was psychology. I was really interested in psychology, and so I decided to change my major to psychology. Okay, so while you were going through your undergrad at University of Arizona, you changed your major. Did you end up receiving a BA or a BS? A BS. Okay, and then do you remember why you originally chose University of Arizona? Well, because it had a med school there. Okay. And then uh, you slowly realized uh, you have more of a passion for psychology instead of the medical uh, route. After you uh, finished your uh, undergraduate uh, in uh, uh, University of Arizona, what did you do then? I, I, I did see that you went to Ball State University for your doctorate, but in between the two, I didn't really see much um, what you did in between the two. So tell us, what did you do right after you finished your undergraduate? Okay, so I went on a church mission for two years. Mm -hmm. I was able to go to Argentina, and then uh, I decided to apply for a, master, a PhD program in uh, clinical psychology, and I applied for about, about, well, 20 universities and received rejection notices from all of them except for a master's program at, uh, at uh, Purdue University at Indianapolis, and it mm -hmm. was in industrial organizational psychology. So I went up there to complete a, a master's program. Well, that was, I'm sorry, I, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I got first, before I did all that, I got a master's degree at the at University of Arizona in child development and family relations. Okay. And after applying everywhere, and then I did the same thing again. And the only place I got accepted was at a, the IO program in uh, Indianapolis. And then I finished that program and uh, I was able to get all A's in all these programs. Um, and then I applied to Ball State University and I only applied just that one place. That's all I applied. And when I did my interview, they said, wow, you're our best candidate. Why didn't you apply sooner? <laughs> so anyway, it was a good fit between them and, and myself. And so that's how I got my PhD. Okay. And if you recall, what was the reason why you only uh, applied at Ball State versus some other universities? 
Well, I was uh, working as a family therapist in a chemical dependency uh, program. And so I had uh, two young children and a family and stuff like that. And so Ball State was real close to where I was living. So that's the reason I applied there. Okay. So if you had any advice for those who were seeking a graduate degree in psychology, what would you offer? Well, the best uh, way to get in is to get into a PhD program immediately after you finish your bachelor's. But if you can't and you're really interested in being a psychologist, then keep trying and, and until finally you get in. It's hard to do, but uh, to me, it was worth it. Now, I wouldn't okay. recommend the way I went to anybody. <laughs> well, you know, if you look back, that gave, you know, that gives you that experience and that gives you that knowledge. And it's funny that they said, oh, you're our best candidate. How come you didn't apply earlier? So that's, that's a funny little story. Uh, I know that you did your postdoctoral internship at the Performed uh, Family Clinic in Provo, Utah. It's a per, per family clinic, yes. Uh, oh, okay. And what was uh, what really stood out? If you think back on this experience, what really stood out for you? And what did you learn during your postdoctoral internship at uh, that clinic? Well, I learned a lot about uh, being a psychologist at a, a, at a private clinic and uh, the different uh, insurance plans and, and helping people from a wide uh, spectrum from... Uh, uh, people living in poverty to wealthy people. So we got uh, a whole wide range and a lot of different types of uh, situations and uh, disorders. So it really, I was able to get a lot of experience really quick. So, and it was all supervised. So it was, it was when I did, had a question or, uh, or anything, there was uh, great people to help me out there. And then I know that you worked at the Pine Belt uh, Mental Health Care Resources in, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Hattiesburg, Mississippi? It's Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg, I tried. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, you were there as a psychologist, and you actually were there for about 14 years. Um, anything that you can recall that was memorable while you were working at that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, organization? Well, what I was in uh, at... Uh... Pine Belt, I really got an interest in neural development. And I noticed that a lot of, especially with uh, learning disorders and dyslexia and stuff, that, that what they were doing at school just really wasn't helping them and would uh, lead to things like depression and anxiety in these children. So that's when I uh, learned about the structure of intellect and other uh, neural developmental models to help them to get the skills so that they could learn how to read and uh, and to progress in school. So that's, that's probably awesome. the main thing. I got a lot of good training uh, when I was there and they treated me really well. And I don't have a real good reason why I quit. I just did. <laughs> well, maybe you, you wanted a, a next chapter in your experience. Maybe that's what you were thinking at the time or feeling at the time. But it does seem like you had the 14 years and then however long your postdoctoral internship was uh, um, you know, 15, 16 years worth of a good variety. And you, you mentioned more of the neuropsychology uh, uh, aspect as well. You then accepted a position as a psychologist for the Naval Air Station in Meridian, Mississippi. I also saw that you were a psychologist for the Army as well. So how was your experience 
different from, um, you know, maybe treating the general public? Is there anything unique or was there anything kind of unique to that kind of setting in the armed forces? There was a lot. Uh, uh, one of the things that I did in my uh, uh, graduate school was I got a lot of experience in employee assistance programs. So while I was in Utah, I also was working for an agency that did uh, employee assistance. And at Pine Belt, they restricted me to children and families, that's all. So it was a nice to get back into working with adults and the uh, Navy and the Army were great. Uh, it's just a great place for psychologists to work. It's low stress and, and they, they really appreciate psychologists and the work that you do. So it was, it was a nice environment to work for. Did you find, and this is just off the cuff, but while you were talking, I was trying to put myself in, you know, that position. Um, were, were some of your clients kind of forced to go into uh, therapy with you or was it on a volunteer basis? Tell me a little bit more about that. I'm showing my ignorance here, but I, you know, I would assume maybe all of them are forced or it's required or, or tell me a little bit more about that. Most are, are volunteer. There's a few instances where they are forced, like if there's been some domestic violence or something, or if there's been a drug and alcohol use, then they'll force them in. But most of it's volunteer. And oh, really? so uh, related to uh, stress from, you know, we saw uh, pilots at the Naval Air Station and they, they had a lot of stress that they had to deal with and stuff. So they needed a psychologist there for that. So, but most of it was volunteer. Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing. I wasn't sure how that, how that worked. I know after you uh, um, served as a psychologist, both in the Naval Air Station and then a little bit in the Army as well, you for a while, and we talked about this uh, before we started the uh, discussion today, you, you had to travel between Petal, Mississippi and Meridian, Mississippi. And I want to say it's 85, 90 miles each way. So it's basically an hour and a half each way then you decided to go into uh, private practice. What were some of the biggest challenges you experienced when starting your own practice? Well, uh, private practice is, is really difficult, especially for psychologists, because uh, you spend your time with a client, but you spend equal amount of time with uh, setting up for the client and doing the billing. The billing is the hardest part about being in private practice. But I got lucky that fortunately my wife said, well, why don't you just go in private practice and you don't have to travel and be gone all this time. And then I said, well, who will do the billing and who will do the, the setting up the clients? And she said, I'll do that. So that's, that really works out for me. So I can see a lot more clients in private practice because she's willing to do the, the billing and, to the, and setting up the appointments. Well, that's nice. Uh, it's a nice, and I know you've been doing it. Uh, I think you've been there for a little over 10 years now. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about your family clinic, LLC, and I believe it's located in Petal, Mississippi. Um, and I'll, I'll share my screen and, and show the home page here, but tell us a little bit more about uh, how, how and why you started this and then how it's evolved over the 10 years just to get us started. Okay, so, uh, so there's, in, in my mind, there's a big difference between the website 
and our actual clinic. Uh, there's little information about our clinic on the website, uh, but the, the clinic is a place where we see people face-to-face -face and we, uh, we do, since I'm in private practice, I see all kinds of uh, uh, types of clients from children to uh, teenagers to uh, adults. So I get to see a, a wide range. And we've been really fortunate that uh, we haven't had to do marketing. We're just uh, so, have been really blessed in that. And so um, I get to pick my own hours and, and I enjoy, you know, when I was working for some agencies that couldn't work past a certain time and a lot of uh, clients, that's the only time they could come in when I was closed. So, so I was able to adjust my time so that I, on two nights I worked later on in the evening, but I work around my house or do gardening or whatever in the morning and then go into work at night. So it's been a really a good thing for me. So tell us a little bit more about the website then and, and what would you like to highlight on the website? A lot of good information, as I mentioned to you before we started uh, recording here, but uh, tell us a little bit more about the website. So the website's been around for decades and uh, I've just been interested in a holistic approach to mental health as opposed to just psychology. So I, I feel like that if you treat the body as a whole, you just get a lot more uh, uh, functionality out of it and looking at the effects of uh, nutrition and exercise and good sleep. And, and so I have a section on psychology that talks about different disorders and then uh, a section on uh, nutrition. But the, the thing I guess I'm most proud of is a neurodevelopmental section and uh, pretty much it covers things, no matter what kind of uh, disability you might have, there's going to be something there that's going to be useful to help develop the skills in order to, to be able to learn at school. So, uh, you know, some people uh, think that uh, you do the same thing to all kids and they'll get all the same outcomes, but some kids do not have the skills to, in some areas that they need to in order to learn. And so, uh, this kind of helps sort that out and gives some exercises that they can develop those skills. And once you develop the brain, it's sort of like a permanent fix. You don't have to redo it or, or uh, accommodate for this or that because the brain's been developed to be able to perform uh, naturally. And I do see on the side here, you have uh, different sections on, as you already mentioned, psychology and then wellness and nutrition as well. Uh, you even get into kind of the spiritual aspect, uh, as well as parenting, uh, and then the neurodevelopment, of course, you have uh, a lot of information here as well. So um, what, uh, what are some of the goals for the future of the, of the website? I know that uh, you have a lot of different areas, and, and I know that you offer some products as well. Um, what are some other future goals that you have for the website? I'd like to be able to give a lot more uh, direction for parents and when they're having these uh, issues with their kids, what to do that they could go to as a resource and to share what would help be helpful to them what, or, or what they've learned that would be helpful to other parents as well that's struggling in, the, in these areas. 
So um, we've got a couple of apps that we're developing. One is uh, related to sequential uh, memory, which is necessary to learn algebra. A lot of kids, they get stuck with algebra and can't even graduate from high school because they don't have that sequential memory to, to be able to learn the steps involved in algebra. So we have, we're gonna develop a, uh, an app that they can use on their phone and, and develop that skill. We're also using, developing an app on, uh, for attention skills for, it's called uh, self-monitoring. So it'll ask, it asks them, are they, are they being on task or not? And then they can click on their phone if they are or not. And then, and then over time be able to monitor their own ability to stay focused and concentrate. So that's, we're looking forward to those uh, apps to be developed. They're almost ready. They're almost ready to come out. So we're excited about that. That does sound exciting. It sounds very, uh, um, you know, needed in, in the field um, for those people, as you mentioned, who don't have those se sequential skills or memory. Uh, I, I did kind of look at some of your website uh, here, memory, mathematics, and then even some of the sensory integration and processing as well. And you have some good information on each of those pages. Now, on our autism uh, section, we've uh, involved uh, some input from uh, functional medical doctors and uh, nutritionists and working with uh, individuals that have autism. So we're kind of, we kind of like that section as well. Mm -hmm. No, it looks like you have a support group in here as well and a blog. Um, you know, those people who don't have children with uh, uh, autism or any, any place on the spectrum um, may not be able to relate to others who don't have children on the spectrum. And so they can't really share and, and empathize with uh, each other unless they uh, experience that. So it looks like you have some books and products and other articles to help those uh, families with uh, autism or other spectrum disorders on here as well. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, I know that you were talking about, um, you know, the practice a little bit, and I, I can't uh, uh, leave without asking you this. If you were in therapy, could you describe your ideal therapist? I guess the ideal therapist would be one that uh, listens well, that's empathetic, but also can give some pointers and directions on where to go next and stuff instead of waiting for that to unfold. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds good. You have to be a good listener. That has to be a given uh, and then be able to empathize. And then also the flexibility. Uh, I've had other uh, guests on the, on the show saying, you, you mentioned it earlier in our discussion is you can't, it's not a one fits all kind of situation. You have to definitely listen and then customize your approach and your therapy, depending on um, any of the uh, presenting, you know, uh, orders or disorders um, based on uh, your client. Um, what advice would you give someone trying to break into the field of psychology, especially those who want to start their own practice or as you're doing, in addition to the practice, having the website full of all of this information and all of the uh, um, you know, supporting material and products as well. Any other advice for those who want to start their own practice or start a website similar to yours? 
Well, I, I really enjoy techniques. And so I just learn all I can about different techniques. And if you do that, you'll probably learn a lot more out of school than you will in school. And so, uh, and then uh, I just enjoy learning different aspects of psychology. I'm just really into psychology. And, and I, uh, I, you know, to me, there's, I could talk for hours on psychology and different theories and different, but I guess individuals have to find what works for them, what works for their clients and, and go with that. And, and no two psychologists are gonna be exactly the same. What's the most challenging part of your job and, I, and incorporate, you know, the website into your job as well as your practice? What's the most challenging aspect of your job right now? I guess uh, as far as the job goes, uh, the, the clients that are most frustrating are those adolescents that don't really want to change. They just want to get high and just can and let people leave them alone. Mm-hmm. So that's that's very uh, difficult. But. Uh, I like uh, Milton Erickson's approach to, to and the brief solution orientation uh, s- solutions for those kind of kind of challenges. And so, but implementing them and getting uh, some traction with that is is often can be challenging and stuff. And of course, with the website, uh, the most challenging is getting enough people to come in uh, and viewing it and knowing what it's about and taking advantage of the the resources that are there. Well, I agree with you. And that's the biggest challenge of, of getting your, your presence out there on the web is uh, bringing people to the website. And, you know, part of our uh, goal here at Masters in Psychology, especially the pa- podcast, is to help, you know, increase awareness uh, and uh, uh, interest in the field of psychology. And so when we uh, saw your website, that was part of the reason why we wanted to invite you on because you do have a lot of good supporting documents and, and articles and, and references and um, a lot of information for people to look at, especially those who have some uh, children, you know, going uh, through any, as we talked about, ADHD, autism, bipolar, any of the learning uh, disorders, trauma, anything that you're, you're dealing with. So if you had to select one area of psychology that is your favorite, what would you say? I would say neurodevelopment, and I and I, I feel bad that neurodevelopment isn't more accepted in psychology and with insurance companies and stuff. It's like a dirty word or something like that. As a step, and to me, it shouldn't be that way at all. It's a normal kind of thing. You know, we get balance. We we could ride a bike. We that we used to. We needed training wheels and all that is neurodevelopment. Mm-hmm. And what even like, at, sorry, go ahead. Even on our old age, we're still doing neural development. And so mm-hmm. uh, I just wish you'd get more attention on that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. A lot of the time, uh, as soon as you hear somebody's on the spectrum, you don't know how to talk, interact with them, anything. Uh, and understanding that is the first step and then uh, moving forward. So I agree with you. I was going to ask you, um, you know, I asked you, what was the most challenging part of your job? What do you like most about your job? I like uh, seeing people change and accomplishing the goals that they set out. Not the goals that I want for them, but the goals that they want for themselves. And, and when they get that, that's very rewarding. Okay. We have a few fun questions that we usually ask our guests at the end here. And the first one is, what is your favorite term, principle, or theory, and why? 
Well, I, I'm fascinated about Milton Erickson. If you ever learned anything about Milton Erickson, he was just fascinating. He could do different things that are just amazing, but it's all uh, explains about psychology and, and how people behave and why they behave that way. So that's what I, I really find enjoyable. Okay. And what was he uh, mostly known for, uh, Milton Erickson, if you can kind of give us a high level summary. I brought him up on uh, Wikipedia here real quick while you were talking, but uh, can you remember what? Uh, um, I would say he'd be considered like the father of strategic uh, therapies of solution-based therapy because a lot of his students, they went on to develop those uh, uh, theories and, and, and protocols for therapy. He's also known for his uh, hypnosis, but he also worked with indirect hypnosis as opposed to direct hypnosis. He could do both, but he uh, was great at indirect hypnosis so that people would uh, benefit from trance without realizing that they were in trance. Okay, that's interesting. We'll definitely include that uh, when we post this live for you. What is something new that you have learned recently inside or outside of your job? What is something new that you have learned recently? Well, what I'm really excited about is the uh, computer uh, advances on assessment. Like there's a, now an ADHD online for uh, to diagnose ADHD disorders and then Cambridge Brain Sciences, which has a lot of uh, some uh, just measures cognitive functioning in a, in, in a bunch and in, in uh, several areas. And so I'm really excited about the, those developments. Do you have any other advice for those interested in the field of psychology? Uh, I guess if you get discouraged, uh, it's better to be the tortoise than the hare. Just That's keep with it and, <laughs> and don't give up. And don't take something that don't settle for something that uh, isn't going to be as fulfilling as what you really want. Good advice. That's a good analogy as well. Uh, if you had the time and money to complete one project or go on one trip, what would you do? Ooh, I'd probably go back to Italy or Argentina and, and uh, enjoy the people and the culture there. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, discuss or bring up in this podcast? Can't think of anything. Okay. Appreciate well, Dan, being here. No, Dan, I, I was just going to say, I appreciate your time and willingness to share your thoughts and experiences. Uh, I, I love hearing about our guest story and, and their advice as well. Uh, we will definitely put up your uh, website when we go live as well. And uh, again, thank you for sharing your story and advice with us, Dan. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Psychology podcast. If you want to learn more about our guest or listen to other podcasts, you can visit our website, mastersinpsychology.com where you can search through all of the schools in the United States that offer advanced degrees in psychology. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, please like, follow, or share.